successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're joining us today on 980 AM and on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciating us up on podcast too on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We are on episode 105, I believe. Uh, things have been great. We're entering the month of May. Life is good, if you will. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. If you're a, a creative person, a business person, a person who likes to think big, this is going to be a show for you. We are going to touch all of those avenues with a lot of really interesting, cool new stories with one of our on-air contributors to Grill Nation, Clifton Alexander, creative Chuck Norris, owner of Reactor Design Studio supporter of the Grill Nation show. He's a designer, marketing guru, and creator of Epic Brands. He believes that your brand and printed materials are the foundation for creating a lasting impression with your customers. He create, creates identities that are memorable and printed pieces that are sensory experiential, experiential and have a freakishly high response rate. Uh, Clifton Alexander will be our guest. I also want to thank our other partners and supporters of Grill Nation, including our title sponsors, Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Also want to thank KC Power and Light District and the Rieger, KC, and Jay Rieger and Co. Ryan Maybe, who will be joining us later in the month. So, without further ado, let's talk to Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios, ReactorKC.com. Clifton, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? I went through that quickly today because we have a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. We're calling this the smorgasbord of awesomeness today. Okay. And why is that? I don't know. We just have a lot of different topics to talk about. Talk uh, about creativity. We've got some articles to jump into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, overall. A lot of Ink Magazine Just today. a lot of Ink Magazine. <laughs> definitely. There's always some good stuff in there and a lot of stuff to just unpack. And I think talking generally about creativity and business and all sorts of things that I get passionate about and that I know that you are equally passionate about. Well, so you got to take time to. sometimes to... To really kind of look into these things because yep. you get you get in your your daily rut right yep. you're, you're you're grinding you're drinking from a fire hose you're <laughs> you're having meetings all day yep. right yep. and uh, you don't have time to actually like pull back the your time and actually look at some of these hot topics yep. definitely and, and things that you could do better to make both you and your business or your uh, personal life better so that's one of the things we're going to do today and one of the things you've been doing and we're talking to Clifton Alexander his Twitter is at Cliff Bow B-O is how you spell that out on Twitter uh, you took a road trip lately recently yeah I went down to Arkansas which by the way is uh, incredibly beautiful country in northwest Arkansas I, I enjoyed myself immensely but I went down there to speak to a conference of chamber executives so these are chamber executives leaders, um, CVB folks, economic development folks from Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas, and Oklahoma. And how did so you get this uh, speaking gig? So, you know, Are you I'm, on a speaker I, circuit now? I, You're not uh, telling yeah. us? <laughs> a little bit. Now, I just happen to know the right people, and some of the people that I happen to know are pretty well connected in this organization. 
they had uh, heard me speak on some different topics locally and asked me to come down and speak to their uh, group. So it's 300 people or so in a room, and mm. these are all um, all the, the heavy hitters from all the chambers and were you, uh, area now, now were you nervous? institutions. You know, I'm never nervous once I get started and once I start rolling through because I know the content and I'm pretty confident in that. But leading up to these big talks, I do tend to get kind of nervous and mm-hmm. I start to wonder about, you know, what happens if my notes go away or if my presentation is uh, so you're you know, a, faulty, then what am I going to do? You're, and, the, you're the PowerPoint guy. You, 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 yeah. So you have it pretty planned out. I do. It's very well planned out. Um, and I, you know, I just, I go through this and I actually use a lot of help from my staff as well when I come up with these talks because they're the ones that are in the trenches every day working mm-hmm. on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I work with my staff to come up with these, um, ideas and these topics. And then it's up to me to kind of take the, take the reins and go for it and stand in front of the crowds and, and talk to the people. So, so you walk in, you've, you've, you're talking to this group. Uh, what yeah. was the talk about again? Well, I actually did two talks. Two talks. So I did okay. a breakout session that was all about uh, creativity, and it was specifically related to groups like that where they're always going to have constraints related to budgets, related to brain standards and things like that. So it's called Creativity Within Constraints. Uh, so that was the one topic. And then my keynote lunch topic to the entire group mm-hmm. was all about marketing and technology and trends and, and basically just general you know, what are we doing in marketing in 2017 and how does that affect an organization like a chamber of commerce and how they can continue to market in a interesting and technological and trendy ways to their consumers. Okay. So that was a nice teaser. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get some, some tips there. How, yeah, can, so how I, can they? I think I really wanted to focus say on the creativity aspect mm-hmm. and the whole concept of how do we get out of our, bubble, right? How do we get out of our rut? How do we do that? And to to backtrack on that just a little bit, one of the things that I say about people in general is that everyone is creative. So no matter what industry you're in, no matter what your job is, no matter what your thing is, you don't have to be a graphic designer. You don't have to be an artist to be a creative person. So every single person on the planet is creative in their own way. Mm -hmm. So these things that I talk about are not designed to say, okay, now you can all of a sudden become an artist if you weren't an artist, right? It's not about that. It's really about just thinking a little more creatively and getting your brain out of out of its focus so that you can refocus. If that makes any sense. I think it does. <laughs> a make little sense. bit of yes, sense, yes, right? Yes. So I have three little basic parts on how to think a little bit more creatively outside of your box. One of and them. And these are kind of tips these, and tricks. These are tips and tricks, right? These yeah. are some of the things that we use in our office. These are some of the things that I've used for a long, long time, mm-hmm. right? So there's trends, there's relationships, and there's immersions, sort of the three parts. The trends are keeping up with what's going on in the world today, right? How do you do that? And you do that well. And we, I try. I try. <laughs> I read a lot. Yeah, you do. And I read a lot of articles you, and blogs, you, you, uh, emails. You, you noted the Cadillac story before anyone else did. That's right. So that. what I'm looking at is I'm always looking for what's the latest trends, and all that comes through with different articles uh, via Twitter, via email, via internet, wherever, right? So that's one of the things on keeping up with the trends is what are all the different places you can look? Where are the places you can do continuing education? I think Design Week is a good example of that, right, here locally. Mm. Getting yourself out there into Design Week and that sort of thing. What 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 type of trends are you looking for? What what should people be focused on? It doesn't really, is it, is it based on their uh, profession? It could be it, based on your profession, right? It could be interests. completely based on your profession or interests. It could be just simply what's going on in the world today related to fashion, 
or mm-hmm. color schemes or photography or whatever, right? So um, those are the things that interest me. Those are things that a lot of people would be interested in, whether or not they're actually a creative person. Um, Getty Images every year puts out a um, basically a trend report, and they search through all of the images that are being downloaded worldwide on a regular basis, and they um, have a whole team of people that go out and, and look through and sort through all that data and information, mm-hmm. and they come up with, here are, the, here are the most trendy things that are happening in imagery and in photography, and you can download this report from their website. It's very cool. Really? Right? And so you can just look through that and say, okay, here's what's happening in the world. Here's what people are looking for. Here's what they're doing. Here's what they're visually seeing. And that's part of that whole piece. It's really neat kind of thing. So those you need are the to, you need we're to connect for. me with that uh, Getty Image report. I will do. That. I've worked I'll with a Getty Image photographer once at oh, an cool. event we did uh, with Paris at Restoration Hardware, and it was pretty cool. Just yeah. talking to the neat. guy who's been all over the world. Neat. We're talking to Clifton Alexander. Twitter is at Cliffbo uh, Reactor Design Studios ReactorKC.com. We're going to continue this conversation after the break. Very interesting. Uh, what you need to do to get out of your creative rut, uh, some of the trips, tips and tricks that he uses that inspires and boosts his creative power. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining Welcome back to Grill Nation, 980 AM and on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you joining us as well on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also available on Snapchat, Instagram, and on Facebook. Just search for Jason Grill, G-R-I-L-L. We're back with Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios. Yep. On our contributor to the show, Thought Leader, Creative Genius. Uh, call him whatever you want. He, he fits all of those, those terminologies. His website is reactorkc.com. Great company here in Kansas City. We're talking about, uh, Clifton going on a, getting a speaking gig and he traveled down south. He is, uh, talking about some of the things that get him out of a creative rut. There's three things. The first thing is trends. Yep. Um, we were talking about that, and so you you do a search of whatever things are trending. You yeah, go online, you find whatever you yep. can. What's there's this? there's emails um, that you can sign up for that'll drop into your inbox once a day that are must reads. They come from Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, um, Cassandra Daily is a daily trends report that pops into your email box. So there's things like that. There's um, your general blogs and things that you might want to follow on a regular basis. So all of those things are about just Telling. researching and understanding what's going on in the world today. For, for getting out of your your hourly yeah. day-to-day. Yeah. Okay. Second thing you do. Is all about relationships. Okay. So this is the part where you are connecting one-to-one with people. So it doesn't necessarily mean these are people that you normally connect with. Sometimes it is. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean these are people in your industry either. I'm a big believer in... Connecting with the people that are in your industry so you can understand what's happening and what's going on and all that. But then also in just connecting with people outside of your industry, going outside and saying, you know, um, just having coffee or connecting with people and really investing in those relationships so that you can have a better awareness of how other things work. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, when I see something that's interesting, I want to I want to kind of look under the hood and try to figure out how it how it's done or how it's made or how it works. 
and it's the same thing with with the knowledge you can get from relationships with people, right? So you you are a collaborator. It sounds yep. like you yep. you Big like time. to learn, you Huge like to listen, yep. and so you don't take the uh, this is someone that is in the same field as me approach. Exactly. Now, sometimes that's a very valid thing. Uh, I've done this in the past where I have um, met up with a group of other like-minded small design business owners uh, for a monthly lunch where we just talk about shooting the breeze and here's what's happening in the world and how do you handle this type of situation with an employee or something like that. It's nothing personal. It doesn't have anything related to the actual um, people or clients you're working on. It's just general overarching how do you run a business in this field, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we're competitors, we're still friendly and we still understand those sorts of things. So we're learning from each other. But then it's all the other things. It's it's meeting regularly with and just unpacking what happens on a daily basis in other people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. so my wife, for example, she's an accountant, and it's it's her world is in Excel and accounting world and all those sorts of things, completely outside of the norm of what I do on a regular basis. But it's really interesting to see how creative she is able to be within that space, right? Um, and so that's where I, I, I start to learn and I start to see and understand what it means to be creative in other fields and other types of spaces. And mm-hmm. so for that, for me, is pretty inspirational on that side. You know? Interesting. Yeah. And so I do that with anybody. I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and, you know, the guy that mows my grass, right? I want to understand how that mower works and how it gets it so perfect and how, why does he do a crosshatch this way and not the other way? And, you know, all those you sorts like of take, things, right? You like to look like, under the hood. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to really understand how other people work and how other industries work. And I think all of that helps us to be more creative because if I see something that my lawnmower guy is doing, or I see something creative that my wife is doing in, in Microsoft Excel for for all things, right? Those are things that could influence some decision that I make three days from now mm-hmm. on who knows what it is, right? Cool. It's all subconscious in there. So we have uh, trends, and also we have uh, we have relationships. Yep. So what's the third, the third piece one, of getting out of creative red for third Clifton one Alexander? is immersion. Okay. And so that is basically just immersing ourselves in creative environments, putting ourselves in positions that maybe make us a little bit uncomfortable, uh, and those sorts of things, right? And so one of my favorite um, things to do is something that I call funspiration, and it's it. it it is what it says it is, right? It's an idea of doing something fun or interesting as a way to be more inspired. And so um, sometimes that could be something as simple as just getting out and going on a little road trip, right? So I, when I went down to Northwest Arkansas to do my speaking gig, uh, I stopped a couple times along the way. I stopped at the Beef Jerky Factory. That was pretty awesome. Um, I started, where's that at? It's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, you just like you see the billboards and then you just stop, right? Oh, sure. You, um, you've seen those billboards, and I've never stopped. Maybe yeah, that's why stop. I'm not so as like, creative as yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know. You know, but all that, all that. Why kind of, the, the the walnut bowls factories? And, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I love that kind of stuff, right? Because yeah. you you understand a little bit more about um about everything that's going on around you. That's kind of what it comes down to. But it's something different and unique and and interesting. I love to go to places like Moon Marble and Bonner Springs. Have you ever been there? No. Like that's a place you just have to go. You what have you have artisans who are there literally making marbles out of glass and you can watch them make the marbles. It's the most amazing thing ever. Um, and they have it right there and they have this shop with vintage 
kind of toys and gifts and things like that. So you can go to places like that. You can go on road trips or go to places like Moon Marble. Beef jerky on the way down to Arkansas. Why not? You so know? you took that stop. Any other stops? So um, let's see. I stopped and I went to Crystal Bridges Museum of Art while I was down there, which was one of the most amazing and inspiring places I've ever been to. Um, they have a Frank Lloyd Wright house on the premises that they deconstructed from New Jersey and brought it to Bentonville and plopped it in their museum grounds there. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Frank Lloyd Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're standing inside of a, of a Frank Lloyd Wright house and the, the tour guide is telling you, she says, okay, notice that there's a four foot by four foot pattern on the floor of lines, right? The, the whole floor pattern is in four foot by four foot sections. She says, okay, take any one of those lines going, going this way or going that way and follow that line all the way to the end of the room, follow it to the wall. And you'll notice that the, whatever's happening on the wall, the furniture, the bookshelves, the lighting all lines up with that same line. Then follow that line up the wall and you'll notice the wallpaper or the wood paneling fits in that same line. Go all the way up to the ceiling and you'll notice that's where the beam is. And the beam goes across the ceiling and goes down to the other side. Hmm. And then you'll notice the couch cushions are perfectly split in that same line. And then that line comes back around and meets where, where you left it, right? So you stand in environments like that and you just say, I mean, holy crap, right? Yeah, right. These people are some amazing sort of genius people that are thinking about these things. And you think about in my daily life, am I ever that thorough or complete as somebody like Frank Lloyd Wright is where he's designing every single little detail of this Definitely house. not. So far down <laughs> to the detail to where the placement of the cushions of the couch are as important as anything else, right? Mm. And so I look at those sorts of things and I go, I mean, you know, holy crap, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about fun, talk about inspiring, talk about interesting, talk about immersing yourself in that environment. So immersion. So do you make time for these trips or how do you schedule that out? If you're, if when you're I, a business yeah, owner. So when, or, I'm, when I'm going to some place like this, like a speaking trip, or I've got a business trip in Washington, D.C. coming up pretty soon, I will try to, when I can, depending on family timing, timing and stuff, yeah. I'll try to leave a day early or come back a day late because I will then try to make time for those sorts of things. So when my team uh, went to D.C. a couple of years ago, one of the things that we did was we were inside the um, Library of Congress and we saw a sign that said tunnel to something. And so we just went downstairs and we started walking down this tunnel. All of a sudden, we felt like we were in a place we shouldn't be. We were walking in these tunnels underground underneath Washington, D.C. Um, there was nobody down there. You could see all the electrical wires and everything mm-hmm. just exposed, right? And we're walking these tunnels and there's nowhere – there's no signs that say we can't be there, but it felt like we shouldn't be there. And so we just kept walking and we just kept going and going. And we ended up three blocks over or something. And we ended up in some other building and we stopped a guy and we said, what's, what's interesting to see in this building? Is there anything cool in here? Right. And the guy goes, Oh, you got to go see this giant globe. And so we went out and popped up out of this elevator in some other building. And there's a, there's a 10 foot tall internally illuminated globe of the world's oceans just sitting there in the, in the middle of this hallway inside of one of the buildings in D.C. that you would never normally just happen upon. 
there's a couple system. floors underground, right? So it's things like that where and that story I thought was going to go completely different. Right, right, right? I know we didn't get arrested. <laughs> I thought you were, were going to say so, you were somehow ended up like in the bottom of the Senate no, no, no. with like you know the president of the United States walked no, in. And you not guys quite like, that. <laughs> no, no, not quite that. You know, you can't get that close, right? right yeah. Um, but it's about it's about just going out of your comfort zone and saying you know there isn't there's the sign says we can go this way. It doesn't feel like we should be able to, but we're going to go anyways, and we're going to. We're going to immerse ourselves in these environments that are a little unique or, or outside the box. And um, all of these things help you get out of your creative rut. Let's, let's go back to that. Yeah, that this I mean, is kind of how you kind of remove yourself from the day-to-day, and, and this leads you to be more successful in your business. Totally. Life. Because it causes you to think very differently. It causes you to think on your feet. It causes you to, um, to just do things in a way that is, is different than you would normally do. And the whole kind of concept or, or root of creativity is coming up with ideas that nobody's ever come up with before, right? So if you yourself are doing something that you've never done before or that's interesting or different or behind the scenes of what other people are doing that are creative, it just opens it up, you know? And and all these things aren't like these perfect little, like, okay, then the next day I came back home and I brainstormed the most amazing thing ever, right? It's not about that. It's more about the overall totality of the experiences, and those are the things that help us to break out of that creative rut and just help us to um, think a little bit differently about how we go about our normal daily life. Mm, so. Very good. Very good segment with Clifton Alexander Reactor Design Studios at Cliffbo, C-L-I-F-B-O on Twitter. We're going to come back after the break, Clifton. I want to talk to you about, uh, we're going to revisit Brainstorm. So yes. there's an awesome article in Inc. that came out, or Fast Company, about brainstorming and what are three different things you can do inside your business to actually take it to the next level. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM and on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you joining us today as well via podcast on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. We're talking to Clifton Alexander, creative Chuck Norris, owner of Reactor Design Studio, contributor and on-air guest and guest host of the show. Clifton, uh, great few first segments of the show. I want to go right into our third segment today. Let's do it. There's an article in Fast Company. And it was entitled, Brainstorming Doesn't Work, Try These Three Alternatives Instead. Our brain's creative flow isn't time-bound the way the typical brainstorm is. Here are a few ways to shake things up. Now, we've had you on the show before, and you own a business. Yep. And you have a great group of creative employees and a team. And you insp- you sometimes change your brainstorming tactics. So I wanted to talk to you briefly about this article because... It's one of those things that, you know, we do, we've sat in brainstorms together with, with what we do, uh, with yeah. different clients. And, you know, they're pretty typical. Very typical. Whiteboard. Yep. You come in with your thoughts. There's people like me that probably talk too much, uh, <laughs> have too many great ideas and, you know, throw them all over the place now. Right. Um, this all artic- of your ideas are the best. Yeah. Right. But my point is, is that you have people that have great ideas. But everyone has them, and, and a lot of people don't speak up in a brainstorm. So this Very article true. kind of talks about why typical brainstorms over-deliver on certain things but really under-deliver on others, 
And they kind of go through three alternatives. And again, this article is at Fast Company. Now let's let's break those down because this is something you do on a daily basis. Yes. The ambassador method. Talk to me about this and what your thoughts are. This, this one's yeah. This one's a little bit more. Um, it's the idea is that you're splitting your group of brainstormers up into different groups, and one group is for the people that uh, aren't very. They're not. They're not like us. Yeah, they're not. They're not like you and me, right? They're not going to necessarily speak up in a group. group. Yeah, and so there, that group goes over and does their thing, and they don't even really talk. They just kind of write their thoughts down. They do that, and then the other group is the more talkative, more loud group, and they do their thing. And then when you come back together, it's up to one of the ambassadors, so to speak, to actually present those ideas to the group for for each of those different groups. I think it's an interesting take in the sense of saying we're we're purposefully acknowledging the fact that some people in a group, especially a bigger brainstorm group, just aren't going to speak up. They're too shy or they don't feel like their ideas are good enough or whatever, but this method in a way allows them to have a voice. Um, what I, I guess what I don't like about it is the idea that we're supposed to be coming up with some ideas together, but we're, but the very first thing we do is we split up, <laughs> right? Um, and I'm a big believer in, in the concept that ideas can roll off of other ideas. Mm-hmm. And no matter how quiet you are in a group that I'm leading or if it's a brainstorm group within my company, we typically don't have people that won't speak out. Now, we'll have folks that will reserve their thoughts for a longer period of time. But then when they do talk, you really make sure you listen because when they are ready to talk, they're, they're, what they're saying is very important. I like that. Yeah. And so, and so that's, that's sort of the, the, the part that I don't like about it. I like the concept of allowing time. I think there's some different ways you can do that where you're still inside of a bigger group. Because what I always tell people in a session like that is, is the idea that you come up with is probably not the exact perfect idea, but that's why everybody else is there is to build on it. The end idea at the very, very end may not have anything to do with what you originally said. But it's entirely possible that the rolling effect of all the different input on that, and if you could see my hands the way I'm moving across this timeline, so to speak, it all started back from that little nugget of idea. Even though the final decision isn't that at all, it's everything that's rolled and and manipulated from that beginning point becomes the bigger, better idea. Mm -hmm. But there's one little nugget in there that was the thing that, that led to sort of the final decision. The next thing Fast Company points out in the article, it's at fastcompany.com. Search for brainstorming. Is traditional brainstorming is time bound in a way that our creative, or that our brain's natural creative flow is not. So they advise the sleepover method. Thoughts on that? So I totally agree with that statement, right? That if we sit down in a room for an hour and say, okay, at the end of this hour, we have to have the best solution. We have to have a name for this development. We have to have a brand. We've done that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, the, so I agree with that 100%. Um, I also agree with the concept of saying, everybody come up with your ideas and then sleep on them. Give it an overnight and then we'll come back the next day and we'll restart this process. I agree with that 100% because one of the things I talk about in my um, in um, creativity talks and all those sorts of things that I do is the idea that our brains work better when we're not trying to force them to to, to think creatively. So that's why we in our office will go to lunch when we brainstorm. We call it burritos and brainstorm. We've talked about that before here on the show is 
when you're actively sitting down at a lunch and you're being interrupted constantly, but you're also trying to brainstorm something, your brain isn't focused solely on that one thing for an hour and a half. It's got all kinds of other things happening and going on, right? So this idea and this concept that, you know, people tend to come up with their best ideas when they're in the shower mm-hmm. or when they're sleeping or whatever is a pretty solid idea. Actually, the, the concept of let's start out a little bit coming up with some ideas. Let's sleep on it. And the very next morning, when you, right, when you wake up, try to write down your thoughts immediately and see what, see what's come up overnight. So I do agree with that. Method. Our brains do a tremendous amount of work while we sleep. Yes. The reason many people wake up with new ideas is because during the process of falling asleep and waking up, our brains are in an in-between state where our creative engines have the ability to speak to our conscious minds very clearly. Tapping into this, uh, this state can help deepen the creativity process and increase your team's overall creative output. That okay, was so that, yeah, that, that statement right there is exactly what I've been telling people for probably 10 years. The idea of the burritos and brainstorm. I've actually never heard anybody else write it down in like a scientific kind of way. I just mm-hmm. kind of assumed that, that it was, <laughs> that it was a true statement because I understand, you know, like understanding that concept that some of our best ideas we've ever had have come when we've been in this state of constantly being interrupted or whatever. But the way they say it is, um, yeah. Our creative engines have the ability to speak to our conscious minds clearly when we're basically not thinking about those things. And yes. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's 100% what I believe related to this thing. And number three of this Fast Company article on brainstorming. Now, I, you agree with all this stuff. I thought you might be a little. Well, the first the one. Stuff. Yeah, first yeah, one. Okay. You know. Number three is the strolling method. Uh, this one has the same beginning. A group of people come together to brainstorm on a given problem for a half hour to an hour. You know, and but but here's what would if you're pressed for time, you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen. They're advising walking as a powerful creative exercise. It is basically the Goldilocks amount of physical effort that it takes to oxid oxygenate your body, your brain, without your muscles needing to pull in too much <laughs> oxygen themselves. Now that's a deep. Statement. That's way. That's way. So too deep, so yeah. let's just break this down. The strolling <laughs> method. What the heck does this mean? Yeah, I. Again, I, I like the general concept of of getting out of your environment is basically what they're saying getting out of your office, walking around the block. There's a quote in here about um, Darwin where he had this loop that he would walk over and over until he saw the problem more clearly, right? It's kind of an, it's kind of a way to meditate in a way. Um, What I don't like about this method and what I don't like about these other methods is they're still so incredibly bound by a, a time commitment. Like it says, People come together for a half an hour. Then their ideas are written up and handed out to the team. Now everyone is sent outside for it. Like it's way too structured, Mm -hmm. way too structured. And that's what I don't like about these different methods is they're, they're giving you this extremely structured way of saying, of saying, do this, then this, then this, then this, then this, then this, and you will be more creative. Right. And I kind of, I kind of believe in a lot of these different sort of techniques that they're talking about, but in a much less structured way. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where you lead to your ultimate big ideas is when you're really not trying too hard. Like I still feel like these people are trying too hard. Mm-hmm. They've so, taken it out of the, everybody's in one room and we're thinking too hard <laughs> to now it's, we're all thinking too hard, but you got to go here for five minutes. Then you got to go over here for five minutes and you got to pass out your notes to everyone in the group. And then they have to read them and then they have to do that. You know, and it's just like, it's, it's too, too complicated. Much. It's too complicated. Yeah. So Clifton Alexander, reactor design studios, reactor, com. paint for me the picture. Of a of a perfect brainstorm to you, and, Burrito, burritos and brainstorm. Okay, now 
You can't really do that, though, can you, if you're bringing in outside counsel, consultants. So you, you get a project, uh, rebranding of a, yeah. uh, a shopping mall, okay? You have a PR person in the table. You have your people. You have, um, you have a developer. Yeah, burritos. Burritos might not work for that brainstorm. Yeah, not necessarily. And, and I we're not s- probably going to walk around in circles outside. Either. No, <laughs> no. I will say that there are times when we just don't have the luxury of being able to do things like burritos and brainstorm or going for the walks outside. And I agree with that. I think in that sense, you just have to do whatever you can and put in place whatever creative exercises will work for those groups. And sometimes it's just a series of questions. Sometimes it's a series of things to focus on. Sometimes it's um, just purely uh, asking the right things to people, right? Now, I don't necessarily think that we are going to come up with our best ideas when the developers in the room, when the PR partners in the room, and the creative teams in the room or whatever, because I think there's there's a place and time for that. I think that's where you come up with the details and the logistics and things like that. Um, and you tap into everybody's ideas at that point. And then you move forward with the next step, which would be more of a, you know, like our team going out and having mm-hmm. the lunch and really um, sort of expanding on all those ideas. And so you are taking something that's already been given or some sort of logistical challenge that comes up in those initial meetings, and then you move forward with that. Um, and I would say that you can make it a priority. Even if people are in the room, you can you can do it over lunch. You can bring the burritos in. Mm-hmm. Or salads. We've done or that. Lunch We've or done whatever. that before. You know what I mean? Guys. And again, yeah. it, be, it becomes this thing where you're consciously disengaging for periods of time in order to re-engage. And that's where the power is. Clifton Alexander, we're talking all about creativity, how to be more successful with brainstorms and business. On our final segment today, we're going to talk about a really cool article that was in Inc. Magazine recently. Uh, what one of America's top entrepreneurs can teach us about surviving failure. It's going to be really cool in our last segment. We're talking to Clifton Alexander today on Grill Nation. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM KMBZ, and on GrillNationShow.com, as well as podcasts on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Great show so far today. We're lucky to have on one of our on-air contributors and guest host of the show, Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios. Check him out at ReactorKC.com. At, he's on Twitter at Cliff, C-L-I-F-B-O. Cliffbo, and uh, he's just a great Kansas City and, and does a lot of great work with local companies. Definitely, if you have any branding needs, creative needs, design needs, he is the guy you want to talk to. So I'd highly recommend him. And uh, if you ever need to get in touch with him, you can just reach out to me or you can connect with him at reactorkc.com. Clifton, been talking all about creativity today, how to get out of the day-to-day rut, You know what type of brainstorms you should do when you're uh, sitting at the office or trying to figure stuff out with friends. Okay, so... We, uh, there's an article that was in Inc. Magazine lately, Inc.com. That's actually the wrong article. We'll talk about that if we have time. But what are one, what one amazing American entrepreneur can teach us about surviving failure? One good business idea can easily lead to another related business success, but it can also lead to a downfall. This was an article that was in Inc. recently, uh, under the icons of entrepreneurship section. And it was about a man named uh, no, no, uh, Nolan Bushnell, founder of Chuck not E. Cheese. Yeah, not exactly a household name, yeah, per right, se. Right, right. right. 
And, um, and let's let's talk about this guy. But his companies he started are <laughs> some of the most famous so, companies. So in Nolan the world. Bushnell. Yeah. Uh, this whole article is about the domino effect, and and he is a guy who was a successful entrepreneur. His first company was Atari, am I right? Yeah, Atari, of all things. He basically uh, I mean, invented the video game he system. He did. Yeah, he did. His story of how he did that was really fascinating. And just uh, the whole story of Silicon Valley and how if he had wanted to do the video games like Atari and he didn't live and he left anywhere else but Silicon Valley in California, it wouldn't have happened. At least he wouldn't have been able to make that happen. And that story of just seeing somebody playing around with a game type of thing on the TV and understanding that and saying, I might be able to make a business out of this. And then starting to make that business with these consoles that go into, you know, they went into pizza places and things like that. They were stand up arcade games. Well, and he, then, first of all, he did that because he would founded Atari. And the whole point of this article is future business ideas often come from current business successes. And so he founded Atari and was looking for a way to expand the arcade game industry. Right. So right. rather than keep arcade games in the smoky adult-oriented pool halls they were featured in, he wanted to put them into fam- family-friendly places. So basically what he said was, in the story that I listened to him, was he was selling these arcade games to bars and pizza shops and stuff for maybe $300. Those bars and pizza shops would make $300 a week on those machines. And so he started thinking about it and thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm in the wrong side of the, <laughs> right, I'm on the wrong side of the coin here, right? Sure. So that's when he started saying, is there a way that I can bring this to the masses? Is there, you know, something like that? And going back to the Silicon Valley thing was somebody in Silicon Valley who he met at a, I don't know, he was at a, a party or, you know, his kid's softball game or something like that said, oh, I'm working at this company now and we just introduced this new, chip that can do things at a micro scale and and all of a sudden his idea of the big arcade could come down to that much smaller size Mm -hmm. and it goes back to that concept of of when he moved to that part of the country that's what allowed him to do those sorts of things he uh really liked the family friendly pizza he so he founded atari and then he just started basically started chuck e cheese pizza yeah and he sold it he i mean he sold atari to i think it was um, the first company that bought his thing, I think was Sears or something like that. And they just bought, you know, a hundred thousand units and they sold out right away and they became his primary investor moving forward. Really interesting story about Atari. But then he started, he basically sold that business off and, um, decided that he wanted to go into pizza. Yeah. He went into Chuck E. <laughs> Cheese's and, um, he came up with the, the whole domino idea effect the works for entrepreneurial success. He got in there and obviously we've all heard of that place. Uh, but he also has recovered from major mistakes. That's another article. The thing the article points out as visionary as an entrepreneur as Bushnell was, he did have a few major stumbles in his life. Once an employer of Steve Jobs, founder of Apple, Bushnell made the cringeworthy mistake of rejecting an offer from Jobs to invest $50,000 for a one-third ownership stake of the then-newly-formed Apple computers simply because he had no interest in home computers. This is especially bad when you consider that as a man who played an integral role in the creation of the home video gaming industry. Fascinating, isn't it? Like, so, even, so he again, went over a third, a third of the yeah, a third. of Apple computers for 50 k <laughs> Third. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? so this guy, now, he's created Atari. He's basically launched yeah. Chuck E. Cheese's, and along the way, he made a stumble. Yeah. And, that's, and that, that shows you that happens. It happens to everybody. I, I, I would say, though, that he didn't 
he didn't make a wrong decision there. Does that make sense? Because I think no, it doesn't. If you're, Explain. If you're <laughs> if you're in a position where if you're if you're already uber successful and you've been in business for 50 years and now the purpose of your life is just to invest in other businesses, then that's a huge mistake. But if the purpose of your life is to manage and run and grow a business in a particular area or field, it doesn't make any sense to start making investments outside of that field. Now we can all look back on it now and say, Apple, in the computer and the home computer and all that and how that could be integrated in video games eventually kind of synced up. Mm -hmm. But at the time it wasn't syncing up at all. It was completely different field. So it'd be like me going and saying, I want to make an investment in a trucking company just because I think it's a good idea. Like I would never do that Mm -hmm. because I'm focused on the business that I'm focused on in the long run. History will tell you that that was a bad idea. But at the time, I don't think that was a bad idea. I think you need to focus on what you're really good at and focus on what you need to focus on. Because as soon as he puts money into Apple, what happens? Then he's focused a little bit more on Apple and then he loses focus on Chuck E. Cheese and the ideas and the inspiration that comes from that. He loses focus from Atari or whatever he was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And his focus becomes more on Apple yeah. and those businesses maybe don't, don't succeed. Again, yeah. this article is on Inc.com. It's what one of America's top entrepreneurs can teach us about surviving failure. Number three, Knowing the right time to exit a business is just as important as knowing when to start one. Again, number one we talked about was when he future business ideas can come from current business successes. Number two, they mentioned the article is you can recover from major mistakes. That was the Apple mistake. And number three, as we just mentioned, is knowing the right time to exit a business is just as important as knowing when to start one. And this focuses on his uh, Chuck E. Cheese tanking. Yeah. yeah, which is funny because... I don't know. I don't know what Chuck E. Cheese tanking really means because they're still around and they're still doing pretty well, to my knowledge. I thought that too. He and went through bankruptcy. Though. Yeah, so it was probably just something that needed to happen at a period of time. One of the things he says in his in his bio is about how they misunderstood the market. The market was huge where they were with those individual Chuck E. Cheeses, but then they started growing too fast. Basically, is what happened, and they were putting these Chuck E. Cheeses in towns that couldn't support that size of a entertainment complex and that sort of thing. And I think that's ultimately what happened with something like a bankruptcy, but then it, then it restructures itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where you learn from those mistakes and you go and move forward at a better pace because you understand those mistakes that you made after that. One thing I want to note too, in the article is entrepreneurs rarely just start a single business. Once you get the taste of success, it's hard to want to get it, not want to get it again. By looking for opportunities that are related to your successful brands and business, you can easily expand their first business with the help of subsequent ones. But beware, a failure in one of your businesses can drag down others if they are too closely related. The domino effect is as powerful as it is fickle. Very, very, very true. Very, very interesting words. And again, this is Nolan Bushnell. Yep. Do some reading on this guy. It's, uh, really it's, interesting it's a really guy. interesting story, and Clifton and I connected on it. Uh, again, the article is on Inc.com. Clifton Alexander has been my guest today on Grill Nation Show. Great supporter, on-air contributor, and thought leader here in Kansas City and around the country. Really enjoyed the show today, Clifton. Thanks uh, for having me. Again, you can uh, connect with Clifton on uh, Twitter, at Cliffbo, and also at ReactorKC.com. He's also on LinkedIn, at Clifton Alexander. He's a, a really great person to have on the show. We're lucky to have him here each and every month. Thank you for joining us today, Clifton. You're welcome. We'll see you again next week on Grill Nation. Have a good weekend. Take care.